Did you know that Elvis is in this movie? Huh? Elvis is in this Ow! movie. My ear. I don't care. Who, what, what? Elvis is in this movie. Elvis who? Elvis, the king of rock, Presley. Elvis Stoico. <laughs> yes, he does <laughs> triple Lutz. How is Elvis in this movie? Uh, so there's a rumor that at the airport God. you see Elvis, a heavily bearded Elvis, oh sitting in one of the chairs because Elvis apparently was still alive in 1990. Hold on. I'm Fun fact. Oh, shit. Well, you found it. Yeah, it's proven. <laughs> I was trying to Google Elvis in Home Alone and I wrote Elvis in Home Alone. That's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Trying to find an image. Oh, God. Hey, guys. Welcome to Why Do We Own This DVD, a podcast where we talk about our DVD collection. Wait, it's supposed to be really that answer. guy? Let me see. That guy standing back there behind, um. you know, the huffy woman? Yeah, that's Elvis. Oh, my God. That's not Elvis. He's alive and well in 1990, and he's at the Scranton airport. I hate, I hate Elvis conspiracy theories so much. We don't hear about them anymore, do we? No, because everyone who's we... ever, who's <laughs> ever said one is dead. Yeah, we've kind of new generation God. ushered in, and no one knows who Elvis is anymore. So why keep up the theory that he's still alive? So dumb. So we are in the middle of our uh, December holiday-ish type movie month, and we're gonna talk about. The 1990 smash hit starring Elvis Presley, Home Alone. I, you know, going into it, I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this movie. This movie yeah. was fucking fun. This movie is so fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, what's expecting that? Like, everyone it's treats perfect. poor Kevin McAllister like shit. Well, yeah, that's the point. I yeah. mean, this whole family sucks. It's a stressful time. Everyone is mean to him. Yeah. The kid did nothing. Sure, the kid may have... He spilled someone's water. The days leading up to it, he may have been annoying. Who knows? I don't know because what their life eight, was like. And he's trying... He's having... He has to share his house with like 15 other people. But they treat him like sh- like dog shit. Okay. I mean... Mm-hmm. Like his uncle. Called Way to go, him. you jerk! Oh my God. If someone said that to Kara, I'd be like, out now. But... You're a disease or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Well, he doesn't have the nicest siblings, no. His brother, Biff. Buzz. (laughs) Biff Lightyear, Buzz. Yeah, Buzz is the biggest asshole. And who deliberately eats the one cheese pizza that they ordered for him. Yeah. yeah. And he he never apologizes. At least they remember to order a cheese pizza for Kevin. Yeah. But of course, he. You know, he was too late. He didn't get any of it. So Sometimes when I see this, I'm like, did they really order a cheese pizza or was he just fucking with them? And they really did forget to order the cheese pizza. You know, they, they never really. They say, forgot him at the fucking house. So they may have even yeah. forgot to feed him. Who knows? But I mean, they all treat him like shit. Okay. And he lashes out one time mm-hmm. and that we see. And, and it, yeah. Okay. Some shitty Rube Goldberg situation where glasses fall and. Milk gets spilled, and they throw his fucking airplane ticket away. Do they? When, because you know, he's like the passports, and he goes grabs the passports. Oh, I don't big old wad of, part. big old wad of napkins on the 
counter and he scoops them all up and oh. throws them to the thing. And then when you get a shot in the trash can, you can see American Airlines a oh, ticket folder. I guess I never noticed that. Yeah. Which is why they don't realize there's one missing when they go when they're at the check airport. in because all the passes have been used. Yeah, yeah. He he really did, um, John Hughes, who wrote this movie, he really did um, try to fill every hole that there could have been to make it seem like a plausible situation. Like, like, like counting the kid. Perfect a perfect storm just everything's yeah, went there is, wrong i mean because you you have to or else you're gonna be, get people who are like well i mean someone they, would never leave they your kid do a home. head count and the kids he same size as macaulay Col- or same size as kevin yeah he's the neighbor kid who's the, snooping through their van he's such a pain in the ass it's that kid whoever that is he auditioned for the part of kevin uh-huh. but they're like well you can be the annoying neighbor kid who they mistake for kevin <laughs> But he really did try to make it seem like a possible situation because, you know, nine times out of ten, people would be like, parents would never I mean, leave their kid at home. Like, uh, you know, plot-wise, there's few, if any, holes. There, yeah. I didn't notice it. I no. And I can usually yeah. pick a couple of Yeah, because you're but annoying. I didn't. There was like, no, like, oh, they sh- this should have been the, you know, but no. Yeah. Like, so, it, it really was a perfect storm that they created. Yeah. Because they sent him up to the attic. Yeah, which, which people have noted has zero insulation. So setting someone up to an attic in Chicago in the middle of winter <laughs> is not the... There is a fireplace up there. You notice that? But there's like no insulation. But I mean, I know. But I mean, but obviously there was no fire going either. But No, they're like, go up into the cold. But it attic. does, it does, it was dressed to look like that's a living space. Yeah. Because there's a fireplace up there. That, yeah. A wood burning stove, I guess. So, but, I mean, the plot, I mean, everyone knows the plot family they go into yeah. paris and they accidentally leave him at home and so kevin has to fend for herself for a couple days and writes what, off what the... was the dad's job no Is one it... knows because that's like a meme now yeah like how did he afford this big fucking house and a first class tickets to france and with like 15, 15 people, people. <laughs> yeah because that's a huge house uh, it's in uh in winnetka winnetka illinois illinois and a real house and they actually filmed at that house inside that house for most of the shots except for the the ones where they needed more room for the crew they had to build a exterior set or whatever but i'm guessing it, it would be like a just one of the scenes where i don't you know like in I the don't bedrooms know. i mean no because i'm sure i'm trying to think why oh i bet for like a lot of the effects and stuff they would need more people on on hand or if there's just you know because the cast is so big in mm-hmm. some of the scenes where all those people are there like those 15 people the the, the kitchen room, was the real kitchen that the they one room that to, i could see them making a set would be like that the entryway where everyone's running in and out like yeah they would past, need because all past joe pesci yeah that could be a a plausible there's set, yeah. multiple camera angles and you guys got to get yeah everywhere yeah. so i can that would be i can understand that but yeah I feel bad whoever's house that was at that time. Hi, we're going to be taking over your house for, I think they did this in like three months. Still, that's... Like February to May, I think is however long that So is. for one season, you're not going to have your house. But hopefully they got I'm sure compensated they, well. I'm sure they got money, a good amount of money. But, so, then, but now you have to deal with all the looky-loos who drive by and... You know, because to this day, I mean, this movie has held up and it's still popular and people still... You know, it's still relevant, I think. And that house still looks the same. So, I mean, it isn't like like the Halloween house where they changed the the 
Oh, yeah. And put a sign that said, please go away. The whole exterior of it, you know. But it's hard to believe that, you know, this movie came out November 16, um, 1990. So next year is going to be 30 years since this movie came out. Wow. Which is... uh, Does it seem like it came out 30 years ago? Did you see this in the theater? I think I did. I think I did, too. I know I saw the second one, even though I don't remember any of it. I know I saw it because it came out around the same time as the movie Forever Young. What? With Mel Gibson and Elijah Wood. Is that the one where he comes back from the dead, sort of? Yeah. He's in, he, and he's in... Was he like a, in a coma or something? Or did they? Yeah, it, it starts out in the 1940s, and then when he wakes up, it's the 1990s. It's 1992. Does he age rapidly? Um, At the end, he does. Right, like something... It catches up, right? Yeah, I don't... Whatever the treatment was. I mean, it's not a good movie, but I had a crush on Elijah Wood, so... Is this but the... it, it came out around the same time. The wait, was that the one where he... Or wait, was there a movie where he left like a video diary for his kid no oh, i don't know that sounds depressing he's like teaching him how to shave i don't, I don't know or was that a michael Key? fuck you know i don't know my life <gasps> it comes back did we talk about this in the very first episode <laughs> and oh, then i familiar. get my life except with whatever one you talked about michael keaton multiplicity multiplicity <laughs> <laughs> So this uh, this movie was directed by Chris Columbus, um, who was just starting out, but he became good friends with John Hughes, who, like I said, wrote wrote and. Uh, I'm produced. surprised John Hughes didn't direct it. You know, I feel like he was maybe he was done. I don't know. He he. Was, I thought you were gonna say maybe he was, he was dying. dead. <laughs> maybe he was dying. No, not yet. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't. Um, but I feel like when people talk about John Hughes movies. This gets left out, even though it's probably the most money he ever made on a movie. Mm-hmm. People, you know, they kind of do the John Hughes eighties mm-hmm. high school movies, and they push this one aside mm-hmm. in terms of John Hughes. But he wrote it, and he made a. I mean, this movie, the budget was eighteen million. That's a decent budget. It made four hundred and seventy-six million dollars. Criminies. That's a lot of money. Um. But so it was the highest grossing movie of 1990 domestically, but worldwide, Ghost was the highest that same year. Because that one had names in it. It had more names, yeah. Everyone in Home Alone, I mean, you had John Candy, who did this as a favor and was paid scale. John Candy. I love him in this movie because every line he says is improvised. And you can tell, not in a like, oh. He's no, because just, it... it it feels like John Candy. It feels like John Candy's just telling a story, which he is. As he's just telling. He's just bullshitting. Yeah, and it's so great. And it's the most endearing John Candy role. And he actually based this character, the um, the polka king of polka king of the Midwest, on a character he did for SCTV. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was <laughs> him and uh, Rick Moranis and no, all that. Who's or? that guy? That other guy who's in those movies. Dan Aykroyd. No, but that's close. John Belushi. No. He's in, you know, like... um, Richard, uh, Eugene Levy. Yes, yes, that guy. Okay. That guy. He, Him and they did a polka character. Oh, you know what? I do remember. I, you know what? I tell so you. So Catherine O'Hara knows I'll about that character. You what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Catherine O'Hara knew about that role, too, because she was on SCT. Mm-hmm. And that scene where he's... 
because she's trying to get back to Chicago, so there's he, no flight. So he, she actually hitches a ride uh, with um, the the polka group in their U-Haul, and he's telling their her their budget rental truck, their budget rental, yeah, whatever, their budget box truck. And he's telling her that story of when he and his wife left their kid at a funeral home. <laughs> and, it, I mean, he's just telling the story. He just make it up as he goes. And I don't know how she's not laughing because <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, he eventually came back and he started talking, you know, six, well, seven weeks six later. Weeks and, you know. Oh, okay, kids are resilient. He gets over it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just to watch John Candy, it's probably... It's the most endearing John Candy role. I don't know if I just said that already. You did. It's, I mean, it's and heartbreakingly funny. Because in comparison to the other John Candy role we already talked about, um, Spaceballs, mm-hmm. where he plays Barf, completely opposite. Because that, I mean, that's, that's you know, Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. So, yeah, you know. that's, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's he's not in this movie a lot. He only has a couple scenes, but they're so memorable. <laughs> when he's talking about all the guys, that he hasn't seen his kids in, you know, months and Ziggy over there hasn't even met his kids yet. Haven't met his kid. That one, you know, I don't want to write We don't even know if he has. He can hope not. <laughs> but I write a book about that one. And, <laughs> and when they're playing their instruments and he like hands, he's playing the clarinet. <laughs> he's like, want to play? She's like, no. He's like, are you sure? And he keeps asking her and also she's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he continues his little clarinet. And yeah. Yeah, I love I love John Candy. So we, the whole, I mean, the cast is a whole. Um. Is pretty great. I mean, Macaulay Culkin had done what, Uncle Buck like a year before this. Was that also with John Candy? Yes. Okay. And John Hughes. So that's how John Hughes knew oh, about him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And John okay. Hughes told Chris Columbus, you got to hire this kid. And Chris Columbus was like, oh, it seems a little close to Uncle Buck, like you and him, you uh-huh. know, and too similar, you know, but then so... As a as the director, he's like, well, I got I got to audition all these other kids, even though he knew Macaulay Culkin was going to be the best one anyway. Uh-huh. And so, and watching this, you know, very far removed from that age, from in the age where I first saw this movie, Macaulay Culkin is still very um, charming in this movie. I don't even know how to 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 describe he, him. He seems very he. I mean, I don't want to say real, but he's a very believable. You know, he's, you look at me like that kid's a little pro. Yeah. He seems very seasoned. Yeah. As a, I mean, his character was eight. I don't know. Was he? I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's a couple years younger than me because I was 11 when this came out. So he's a little bit younger than me, but yeah, he's very. I'm trying to figure out where I knew um, Buzz from because he, I know his face. Yeah. He's done a lot actually because I looked up all the kids. And a lot of them don't work anymore, but he still does. But mm-hmm. he, they're He's all like in their working. 40s and 50s now, which is so <laughs> weird to think about. <laughs> like, Ugh. I think the oldest daughter is like 56. Oh, what? Oh. That, like, girl, that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the one who's counting, student. right? Yeah. yeah. She's like 56. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> God, this movie is old. Um, Man, I can't. Just don't look while we're trying. I can't place him. He was in Little Monsters. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, which I've seen. Which is not a good movie. But, um,. You know, and then the parents, like Catherine O'Hara, John Heard. Heard, who passed away just a few years He's ago. He's the one we couldn't think of. Yeah. In relation to Amber, no. Amber Heard? Whoever's Amber Beard. Amber Beard and... <laughs> the swimmer. And a bunch of kids. Uh, there's five sib- There's five kids. 
in the five McAllister kids. The one other kid I recognize is the guy from Pete and Pete. If you ever watched Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon, the redhead kid who takes the toothbrush. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, If you've watched Nickelodeon as a kid in the 90s, you recognize him. I I wouldn't have recognized him. Yeah, okay. Then the the two um, burglars, burgles. Well, also Karen Culkin's in it. Yeah, he plays Fuller. Fuller? Fuck, I don't remember. Is that his name? Yeah, Fuller McAllister. He's uh, Kevin's youngest cousin who always wets the bed. But he's actually played by Kieran Culkin, who is Macaulay's younger younger sibling. Youngest sibling? Is he the Rory? Is he the youngest one? Yeah, who's in... Um, Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. Kieran. That's Kieran Culkin. And he's in that... Um, Rory Culkin. He's in that succession. succession. Okay. I don't know what Rory Culkin's doing. I don't either. Um, the two burglars. <laughs> what is burglars. that word? Burglars. <laughs> thieves. I gotta say thieves. The two burglars. 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 Not, you're saying like hamburglar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hamburglar. Um, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Um, it's weird to think that Joe Pesci did this the same year as Goodfellas. Daniel Stern is a narrator for Wonder Years, right? No. Oh my God, I have no idea. Why did I just I say that? I don't know. God damn. Now you gotta stop and and look up something again. Well, let's pause. We'll insert a SpongeBob in here now. A few moments later. Okay, we're back. Yeah, he did. He was the voice of Kev- the, Kevin Arnold, the Wonder Years voice. And he directed. He made his directorial debut with uh, 1993's Rookie of the Year. Who's the kid in that? Thomas A. Nicholas. Crush. Hard crush on that Don't kid. Know. He was in um, those American Pie movies. Played the, oh. goody, the good goody two-shoe kid, maybe? Like, he played like the smart kid. I, I, I thought he was so cute. He I was can, like on I the can same, see him. I yeah, can see him. like a Mike Vitar from Sandlot. Because he also had dark hair. Yeah. Yeah. Who's jo- the- uh, Joe Pesci wasn't super thrilled about this movie and he was kind of difficult on set i read oh really um, well then you know what it's like why did you take it but i think he still talks about this movie to this day i'm sure he's mel- i would hope he's mellowed yeah. out over it but you know he he couldn't swear no and he you know that would be kind of so never he chris chris columbus was like okay whenever you feel like you need to say the word fuck just say fridge so when he gets hitting the balls with um that bb gun uh-huh. You see him say fridge a few times. He's like, fridge. I was listening for it this time around. And, um, and he, his, I guess his routine on a daily basis in his life was to play nine holes of golf in the morning. Okay. But because of their shooting schedule, it wouldn't let him. And he got mad. Mm-hmm. And he made them change their shooting schedule so he could play his golf. But then they had to wrap by 10 because kids Macaulay Culkin couldn't, mm. you know, film past 10 p.m. And I mean, which is late to me because i'm like well that's my bedtime yeah 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 and then we have um the the scary uh what's his face the shovel man mm-hmm. marley they got mm-hmm. the name from obviously christmas carol jacob marley mm-hmm. i know you're looking at your phone so i don't know what well, you're i'm doing. looking up robert's blossom great i want to see what i knew his face oh i know him mm. okay i know him from quick and the dead sure i never saw it sharon stone and, Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo. Yeah. And Gene Hackman. Sure. Northern Exposure. I wouldn't know him from that. You should do your research before. 
I sh- yeah. really should. Because this is not professional. <laughs> yeah, I don't know from anything else. It's a weird name. Roberts Blossom. Huh? That's his first name, Roberts. Like, hey, what's your name? Johns. Johns. What? <laughs> yeah, I know him from Quick and the... That's all I know him from. So, what... what uh, I like what him. What do you think of the whole burglar storyline? It's fine. Like, because that's what people remember. It's like, oh, it's a movie about where a kid takes down a couple of thieves. Well, because, I mean, that... That eventually becomes it. So I mean, the whole, their whole thing is that's what they do. They, yeah. They go around. They look for easy targets. Yep. And they and they and they rob the place. And they figure out who's gone for the holidays. Because he, like, he impersonates a cop. Yep. To stake out things first. And he's just like, we're just checking, make sure your things gonna be okay if you guys are leaving town. Yep. And people will tell police that they're leaving town because. That they're the police. You trust them. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, he has a whole list of houses that are out of town for the weekend. Like he said like six on that block alone. He's like, look, I even know their their timer schedules for their lights. Yeah, yeah. But their target, their target is the McAllister house. Cause it's that's the big-ass house. And he the big one. And he got to look around. and Yeah, and he, he knows what's inside. And I mean, that is, it does look like it's the biggest house on the block. It does, Because yeah. the Murphy's house or whoever, you know, that one. Yeah, it's like a shack. It's a fucking... <laughs> It's a, you know, bungalow. It's a weird mix of houses. And you wonder if it really was across the street I don't, I from wonder. that house or, you know, hard to tell. You don't really see them in the same shot. So um, it, it looks like they're all track houses. And then the McAllisters bought this. Mm. I, I guess I'm guessing the house was already built when they, they didn't build it. Oh, no. But so some old rich asshole lived there probably died. Yeah. And the old wife probably sold it off, and the McAllisters bought it up. I think. I don't know. For me, the <laughs> the I would say like the third act of the movie, where you know Kevin's the got the whole thing figured out how he's going to defeat these brothers. Uh-huh. It's probably my least favorite part of the movie. You don't you don't like the the slapstick the shenanigans. I'm not. They're fine, and I think. And everyone's like, oh, it's so funny. Like, I think my favorite moments are when Kevin is out by himself doing adulty things, uh-huh. going grocery shopping and going around the house, making food for himself. Like, I like those little moments where it's this tiny eight-year-old kid who's fending for himself without the slapstick. And, you know, you got some funny moments still, you know, and I always enjoyed those moments. I mean, at least now as an old lady. And I enjoy the moments with the mom. <laughs> and when I get to that third act of the movie, I'm like, okay, just just hurt them. Do your little things you set up and let's just let the parents come home. Now. Well, I mean, the, the thing with that whole... That's how they sell the movie. It's like, oh, it's hilarious slapstick and they get hurt a bunch of times. They should be dead, but they're not. And they keep on going. And oh, but Kevin's smarter than them. I mean, which the whole thing is, with the whole thing with the whole showdown, which is what it is. It's a yeah, it's, it's a standoff at the Alamo, at, at, the, at the OK Corral you know? or the Alamo. Sure. I mean, it's on a ridiculous level where none of that would work. Well, I think the the one thing that's plausible is the frozen steps. 
Yes. That lead to the basement. Not the ones on the porch. The the ones to the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've slipped down steps. <laughs> yeah. You know. But Joe Pesci's inability to get up three steps on ice. It's a little ridiculous. With the railing there is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. The one in the basement, because there's no handrails. It's just a yeah. narrow concrete, like concrete. cinder block so you walls. So s- you slip. You you go down those steps. And it's like a little spot in the bottom too. So if you keep, you can't get up. There's yeah. nothing to hold on to except for the wall. I could see that. But I mean, the whole tar on the steps, the big nail, that's all so dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's, you the, know. The hot doorknob is yeah. insane. Yeah. The... Chicken feathers is bullshit. I mean, that got shot out of an air cannon. You can see it because it goes poof. The, the fan yeah. would have to spool, spool up and, and you would just get a trickle first and then they would <laughs> blow around. Off the... You'd see it kind but of Did he get away. those? Did he like tear up a pillow for I'm sure, the, Well, for I'm sure. I mean, I was like, where the fuck those feathers come from? Tearing up pillows. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, it, the Hot Wheels is dumb. The... And the thing is, is that it's supposed to be ridiculous and we're just supposed to take it. And I'm like, if that's to appeal sure. to the kids. Well, yeah, yeah. And now that I'm not yeah. a kid, I that's why I'm like, whatever. I just like when he was going grocery shopping <laughs> and and talking to adults, like he's an adult, and like it starts to get a little ridiculous when he shoplifts a toothbrush and the cop is chasing him. Yeah, because then it's shenanigans again with the eye on well, the. Well, because I mean that's the first. That's where it really starts. That's because there's nothing happens for the for the first half. Nothing happens for the first half. No, of the and, movie. It's actually kind of a boring movie. And some critics are like, "We don't like the first half. We like the fun second half." I'm like, oh. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. You know, it's a it's a the the fake dinner party is. How do you do that? It seems so impossible to pull off. I I get the Michael Jordan stand up. Yeah, because we saw that earlier in the movie. It was in his. Where did he get the mannequins from? I have no idea. Oh, you know, wait. In the attic. Is was she like a dress? A seamstress? Because there's a a dress form with a yellow dress. I have no idea. They're not going to tell us. We don't know what the parents do at all. Where did he get all the other man? I and we're just supposed to be like, oh, well, their house is big. They must have a lot of stuff. And so we're just supposed to assume Did that... he own Dillard's? I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, I, I don't know. They got a lot of shit in that house. But A, to be able to drag around mannequins, which are heavy as shit. Yeah, especially if, like, let's say they're up in the attic. He's got to bring them down the, that small and little staircase. prop them up, sit them up. And tie ropes to them so he can make them move. I mean, yeah, I know we're supposed to, we're supposed to get that Kevin... It's the smartest one in the movie, and he can pull anything off, and that's the shtick of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it's fine when you're ten. You're like, oh, look at what he's doing. He's I want to be like him. He's cool. He can do shit. And now as an adult, I'm like, you'd never be able to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't want to hate on this movie because I do, I do enjoy it. I mean, it's. I mean, I was just watching it going, all of this is unfathomably <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like, I I can, I I see the plausibility of leaving the house with one less kid by accident. Especially yeah. when they're divided up into two vans. Yeah. 
you know? But once you get and to the airport... Because, and because they're late, everyone's in a rush, so, yeah. so no one's really, really thinking. And so they get to the airport, they don't have time to make sure there's... Everyone's there, because, I mean, they did the head count, and they counted at 11. So they get to the airport, they're running. They're not paying attention to make sure every kid is with them. But, I mean, also... And they're not sitting with them on the plane... You this know, is like, also pre-TSA where, I mean... Well, yeah, it's very, very pre-TSA. But you still had to check in at the counter and at some point you would look around and be like... Well, they're in a hurry. They have like... I mean, he minutes. is the epitome of the middle child where he's completely overlooked. Yeah. You know, because there's the two other younger ones. Who pees, pees their pants. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It was like, like I said earlier when we were watching this, you know, how this movie would be... Im- it wouldn't be impossible, but it wouldn't be a fun movie if they had today's technology. Because you'd have... Oh, well, cell phone. Everyone would be checked in. <laughs> I mean... I, you know when they get... So they get to France because they can't turn the plane around. No. I mean, there's... They get to France. Because, yeah, she realizes... How like, does she immediately have coins to operate a French payphone? <laughs> Well, maybe at the airport they have payphones that take. I don't know. It's an international. They gotta. They're dealing with a lot of people from a lot of countries. They can't just. Yeah, but they're still French pay. I mean, we're not supposed to think about shit like that. But I know you do, but I don't, so I don't even care. I'm just like, she's gotta get to a phone. And yes, and if this movie was made today, she um, would not have the issue of. The one, the one thing I, the one part I was like, well, I feel like that wouldn't happen is the fact that they called everyone in her address book and no one oh, I was know. home. I mean, I know it's the holiday, holiday season, but there's got to be one person who's able to answer a phone. That round of phone calls had to have been expensive. Uh, yeah, because they're international calls. <laughs> it would have had to have gotten so her much book French change. really thick. So. <laughs> Every adult except for John Candy is incompetent beyond belief. Mm. The police? The police are incompetent. Very incompetent. All like the airport people? The, yeah. Like, no one seems to even give a shit. No, and they don't. They don't. The only... The only one... Well, besides... Besides John Candy, the um, grocery store check stand girl uh-huh. who looks like... You said she looked like someone, but I'm like, this is 30 years ago. She's old now. So I know. I mean, she her. looked like... Who did she look like? Mm-hmm. She looked like a cross between Chrissy McNichol and Tia Leone. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, she she questions his existence in yeah. the store. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like... But then... Apparently is gullible enough to believe the lies of a... Well, he wasn't really. And he, but, I mean, I mean, he but, lied about where his parents were because he also, can't tell them that they're in Paris. But and also, I mean, is it really that odd for a kid to be buying groceries? I don't know. Maybe back in, I don't know. Because I mean, you go back fur- further enough. I mean, eight-year-olds were working. <laughs> well, and then you go around to the nineties, and now it's odd that there's a kid buying milk and shit. I mean, maybe it's just the stuff he was buying was yeah. like. Hmm. Okay, you're buying microwave I mean, meals and I mean so no parent ever sent their kid to the store to go buy no, groceries. Not until then, no. <laughs> but I mean she does but she also does see it as odd if she questions it. Yeah. Which shows some competence. 
A little bit. But then the cop can't catch him. The nope. cops that go to the house are like, well, there's no one home. I guess that was a, well, la-di-da. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so dumb. And like the, when she when she calls He's the like, police, tell them to count their kids again. <laughs> when she calls the police, you know, my kid, she doesn't explain the situation. She's like, I'm in Paris. My son's home alone. That still means nothing. No. Like, okay. Like, do they not give more information because they don't want to look like incompetent parents? Like, oh, well, we accidentally forgot like, him. If she had said, we left our kid alone, we left our kid home by accident. Yeah, and make it sound more hasty, more useful. Like, they might actually put some thought into checking out. But the point of this movie check. is not to make the adults competent. Well, and it's not the to, only competent person in this movie is going to be Kevin. And it's not to save Kevin, it's to let him save himself. Yeah, Kevin wouldn't have learned how to do any of that stuff <gasps> had he not been left alone. Which this makes movie, this movie stupid. This movie is not about anyone but Kevin. Yeah. Which, if you look at it from from there, forget about everyone else because they're very inconsequential. I mean, he Kevin saves two people. He saves himself and he saves old murder shovel man, Mr. Mar- Marley. Yeah. Who who uh, we find out that hasn't spoken to his son in a long time. We don't know how late it says years, right? Yeah, and so Kevin and he are talking at that church. I don't know why Kevin's there. Just to hear some music. Well, I think he's just looking for sanctuary, I think. Something to do until you know. nine o'clock when the burglars come. And, when, and Kevin's like, you should call your son. Just see what happens, you know? Don't have that fear because Kevin has learned to conquer fear. Um, And we end up seeing at the end of the movie, he does see... Marley and uh-huh. uh, his son and granddaughter all like reunited. So it's very yeah, because he's because Marley's at the church to to watch his granddaughter. Sing. To sort of <laughs> what was that outside? Oh, that that was it. Sounded really weird in my oh in my headphones. I mean, he's sort of like stalking his granddaughter because he's not allowed to. Yeah, but he's welcome in the church to listen, yeah. and he. You know, they can't. I do like it when he says, you know, well, you're always welcome in church. Yeah. Even though I'm not a church person. No, I'm not. It is a very nice sentiment, you know. Yeah. Some people are not welcome at some churches. Well, I know. (laughs) But, I mean, the idea is that you should be. Yeah. But, I mean, I do like that. But even Marley doesn't. He lives next door and you have to notice that this kid's home alone. Right? Like, I mean... I don't know. Yeah, I, He just shovels. <laughs> I don't know. We're not... Again, we're not supposed to think of those... Because he goes over to Kevin to... Because he... He's seen him around town by himself. He saw him at the grocery store when he... Or at the one... You know, if he's thinking... That your parents were in Paris. I thought you were going to Paris over the holidays. I don't know. It doesn't seem like his parents. He, he seemed like he went over that. to kind of check up on him. Did he? You know, because he sees him and he walks over there and hmm. just starts talking to him. I don't know. Again, not the point. Not well, all that matters is that because even you know, I was like, why doesn't Kevin just call the police and say there's burglars at my house? No, he has to defeat them in his own way with BB guns and irons and. Hot doorknobs and feathers. I mean, and he tar. does. He does call the cops, but to report them, to After. report the break in at that neighbor's house. Yeah, where they're cut. 
which is convoluted. Because uh. his whole thing was, okay, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to pretend I'm that guy that lives across the street. Uh-huh. Murphy or Mur- yeah. whatever his name yeah. was. Because I'm going to lure them over there. And then while they're there, then the cops will show up. Mm-hmm. Why can't he just be like, hi, police? I'm at my house and there's yeah. guys trying to break I, in. I know, I know. He, end of again. End of drama. Yeah. Again, we wouldn't have that third act of the movie though. Because now he has to clean up all that shit. In his house. I know. How is he clean all that up for his broken ornaments and that were made of? There's pain. gonna be blood everywhere. You would think. Because Daniel Stern, <laughs> Jesus, his foot on that big old nail. I know. But you think there'd be blood everywhere? And then, and then all the and then the John Mc, like, John McCain John McClain McCain. The, <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> the, the diehard level broken glass he, feet thing. Um, he wore rubber feet just like Bruce little, Willis did. Little hobbity feet. Well, Bruce Willis did the same thing in a lot of the scenes. He had rubber mm-hmm. soles. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, that there would be so much goddamn We don't blood. see any blood. No. You see the comically perfect uh, the iron. iron imprint on yeah, his on, face. on his face. And Joe Pesci's burnt little his head bald from, monk's from the flamethrower yeah. whatever the hell that was i don't know what is that thing that he uses to heat the doorknob up because he pulls it out of the, like the a, barbecue yeah some kind of hot iron rod thing i have no idea i don't know like it looks like the heating element from the barbecue but how would he get that but it was just sitting on top of the, the grill i don't know so i don't know what's going on that house is dangerous <laughs> that house is violating so many health and safety was, um, codes students at some school like did a study of how much those two guys could survive before. well they've already both got concussive head trauma yeah they, they wouldn't make it past the first like two injuries before they just stop i mean joe pesci would have broken his back or his and or his neck yeah he could have been dead in the first <laughs> and it would stay just about 20 minutes but whatever that's piece a lot of people like that kind of entertainment and i know kids probably young boys probably think it's hilarious that these old men are never gonna probably well you heard about that i'm sure i'm surprised there hadn't been more reports of kids trying to do that doing shit like this oh there might have been there was that one guy recently who killed himself because he had rigged up his front door to fire a handgun and he walked in and shot himself what an idiot I'm not going to say anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, this movie, it's uh, considered a a traditional Christmas movie in Poland. And it airs every year. It has aired every year since 1991. And then in 2011, the movie aired on December 23rd with an audience of over 5 million. That might have been like the last. In Poland? Yeah, making it the most popular show aired during the Christmas season in Poland. Wonder they why. love their Home Alone. Why? I don't know if they love their Home Alone. I mean, I get that it's a, it is a fun Christmas movie. I mean, it's way more of a Christmas movie than Bridget Jones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, that was supposed to be my New Year's movie. Uh, even that, it's, it's, it's an even better New Year's movie than Bridget Jones. <laughs> but Bridget Jones is a better movie than Home Alone. Is By far. Then? You like Bridget Jones. I do. I mean, it's I... than Home Alone. Oh, God. No, okay. no, 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 no. Um, movie-wise, yes. Yes. It's a better movie. 
I, that's what I said. The- thematically, though, it's still it's a better. This is more Christmassy. I know, but it's also more New Year's even. Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones is barely any of those things. Okay, great. It it happened to it Start happened to end. have a calendar that that crosses in New Year's. That's about it. So Roger Ebert didn't really like this movie either. He gave it two and a half mm-hmm. out of four. Um, two thumbs down. Okay. I, I'm compared, not surprised. He compared the elaborate booby traps um, to Rube Goldberg machines. Uh-huh. I think we've already mentioned. Well, that's what it is. Uh, writing, they're the kinds of traps that any eight-year-old could, de- could devise if he had a budget of tens of thousands of dollars and the assistance of a crew of movie special effects people. <laughs> Roger Ebert, stop being such a fuddy-duddy. He criticized the plot as so implausible that it makes it hard to really care about the plight of this kid. Oh my god! I actually agree with Roger Ebert. I mean, I, am, I understand. I agree it. with him when he likes things. I understand it. He's absolutely right, but I'm uh-huh. willing to just let it go. And are you? I am. I mean, it is a dumbass movie. It's suspension of disbelief, but it's fun and it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I thought you didn't like this movie. You've changed your mind about twelve times in the course of thirty. No, no, minutes. no. I like it. I just hate how dumb it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Ebert did like. Um, Macaulay Culkin's performance though he's so goddamn good wow you changed your mind you're like you weren't even excited about him like 30 minutes ago and all of a sudden you're like he's so goddamn no, he, good no I did say he's a little professional he's absolutely a pro okay I mean he's and he's a it helps also that he's a he was a cute little kid mm-hmm. you know and then he disappeared because he's like and compared all to all the kids in that family who look like dog shit oh my god rude I like the peak guy. I mean, like Kieran <laughs> is adorable. Sure. I like when he, because he's sipping his little Pepsi and he looks over at Macaulay and he, he gives him that smile. Like, you know what could happen know, to me. You know what's going to happen. When I drink something, it's going to come out. So what happened to Macaulay Culkin after the Home Alone fame? Because I know he did Home Alone 2 in, in good, 1992. When, when, when was the good son? 1993 or two, one of those. Okay. So yeah. he did that and then good he son. went away. And he went away. And then he made his pizza band. Yeah. He uh, was in like dating. What's her face? And he sued his parents and shit too. His parents were all fucked up. He was dating. What's her face for like 10 years. Um, uh, Aston Kutcher's wife. (laughs) Demi Moore? Nope. Mia. Mina. Mina. Mia. Nope. Mila Kunis? Mila Kunis. They did for like 10 years. Oh, you know what? That a does really sound, long time. That does sound familiar. But yeah, he disappeared. And and then they had all those rumors going on that he was dying because he looked a little gaunt one time in a picture. I mean, well, that, you know, so they need dumb. something to talk about. Something to dig up on him because he's... And he's killing it on Twitter. He's a really good Twitter um, presence. Um, He did a really popular Google Home or Google Assistant ad last uh-huh. year where they uh-huh. recreated Home Alone. So I'm glad he's... Taking all that in good spirits now, 30 years later. I mean, I know. He's like, like, yeah, I did a thing. It was super popular. And I can look back on it as a positive thing now, I think. Well, I think uh, the big negative for him, too, was that, like, didn't his parents just wreck him financially? I think his parents had right? something to do with it, yeah. Which, so, I mean, unfortunately that's, happens. That's got to hurt. I mean, so, I mean, I hope he got his money. I mean. But he was paid 110000 for this movie. In the sequel, he got paid four point five. Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> so he got quite a raise. Oh, I mean, I 
I always, for me, my thing is every, if you're like top build, if you're the star of the movie, whatever your salary is, high or low, you should be getting points on it though. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be getting a cut of the of the tickets. Yeah. Even just a small, even if it's Some just a token, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Like, you should be rewarded for the success of your work. That's mostly, like, directors, though, right? And, like, writers. And I think all of them. It depends on what kind I mean, of deal I th- they I, I mean, I think you do get residuals, but, I mean, that's not that's exactly the same thing. Though. Yeah. Marlon Brando had it all figured out. Did he Marlon get that? Brando. He would get paid them he'd get part of the he would get the box office yeah yeah macaulay should have talked to marlin i mean but it happens so often though. i don't understand why those aren't better deals i don't know i don't know the business but um rotten tomatoes um 77 no lower oh 65 Lower than I would have expected. Lower, I thought too, because it's still so popular. Mm-hmm. But, but it is really—it's not just because it's pop, It's how good is it critically? You know. Well, yeah, that's a run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I and mean, I but, think most critics kind of feel the same way about it. Because I, I, most adults, it's like that's ridiculous. I don't know, but I would guess the Sharknado Rotten Tomatoes is pretty low. I'm sure it is. But and yet it's popular as hell. It's really good. It's not. It's really good quality. It's the Home work. Alone with sharks. It's the Home Alone with sharks. It's so ridiculous, and yet it's enjoyable. But have you watched all of them? No, fuck no. Oh, not having me watch all Home Alones. No, I. You only need to see the first one. I think I saw the second. Donald Trump is in the second one, so there's no reason to watch. Well, because they're in New York ever right? again. Yeah. Gross. El, uh, Tim Curry's in that. Yeah, but like the, the hotel, hotel guy. butler guy. He's the concierge guy. Is he evil though? He's evil. He's incompetent. He's grossly incompetent. Uh, well, as all adults, and I, I understand that's a it's a trope with a lot of like kids movies to make the adults as incompetent as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's done well, like in like Roll Doll books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the kids are always the most competent ones. I mean, sometimes it's done with a little bit of eye rolling, like, well, it's, like this. Well, I mean, like, look at, you know, Lemony Snicket. Yeah, that's done well, because it's, it's similar to Roald Dahl. Yeah. Um, all the adults, except for a very small handful, if that, um, are worth rooting for. But And yet they still have tragically fatal flaws, though. Because, yeah. So. But, yeah, I mean... I mean, this movie is, it's very watchable. As long as you just watch it once. As again. long as you're not trying to analyze it. Yeah. There's which is what I analyze. always do and I, yeah. makes me hate if it If this so was much. a movie where, like, where your kid was like, I want to watch this every day. Oh like, my God. Hell no. No. You can watch it once a year in December. That's all I can take. That's all I can take. And luckily it is a holiday movie, so I don't feel, you know, <laughs> it's not like... You can pull this out any time of the year. No, you can't. But any last thoughts? Um, God, this made a lot of when, money. When, when? This movie, um, it became the highest grossing live action comedy movie 
and held that record until The Hangover Part 2 in, wow. in, in 2011. So it held that for a good 20, Damn. 21 years. I would not have. If you asked me what was the highest, yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have guessed this. No. And then for almost 30 years, it was the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time until it surpassed by The Grinch in 2018. The, the Ron Howard Grinch? No, the 2018. Jim- last year, that animated Oh, one. that other one. Yeah. I didn't know that made any money. The Illumination with the, you know, the Minion yeah. Company. Yeah, yeah, the, those it's, French I guys. wanted to watch it, actually, because it's on Netflix, and I was going to oh, watch it? it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know that made any money. I, I didn't either. Wow. I thought it was a bomb. Well, it made more money than Home Alone. So there oh, you go. Oh, I thought that thing, I would have swore that thing tanked. Okay. We just, things, we don't hear about movies making a lot of money more anymore because if they don't make a billion, it's not a big deal. Because so they all make this, a lot of money. So but, if this made yeah. 500 million, that made, that's more than Home Alone. So. Wow. I know our okay. perspective is skewed now in 20. That's impressive. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Well. Huh. Um, but yeah, any, any final thoughts? Um, why do we own it? Well, <laughs> we didn't, we just bought this. Recently? A couple months ago? Yeah, because it was $6 at Target. And Kira's like, oh, I really want to have that. And then it showed up on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I have the the record, the soundtrack. I oh, think yeah. It's we can talk about the music. One, um, it? Yeah. It's John uh, Williams. John Williams. The original composer, um, Bruce Bodden, which I know you don't know who that is, but um, he was originally supposed to do this movie. And then he pulled out. And the fact that they got John Williams is crazy because they could only dream of getting john williams that's a i mean but somehow chris columbus um was talking to spielberg and spielberg hooked him up well i mean and there's times where spielberg couldn't get john williams so not that often but (laughs) i mean yeah um well i mean yeah that's and i feel like because john williams did the score for this that's how in my head that's how Chris Columbus got John Williams to do the score for Harry Potter. So mm. I want to say because of Home Alone. <laughs> oh, did John Williams do the score for Bicentennial Man? Gross. No. Because <laughs> that was like Chris Columbus. That's the, for me, that's the first Chris Columbus movie that I was aware of. I didn't realize Chris Columbus did this one. He didn't? No. No. Like if you asked me five years ago who directed Home Alone, I wouldn't have known. Okay. You're like, oh, John Hughes? <laughs> I don't. I didn't even remember John Hughes being involved in it. You remember that line from Dogma? I'm talking about John Hughes and Selma Hayek. Sixteen Candles, John Hughes and Selma Hayek. It's like, <laughs> well, except for Home Alone, because like you have to sell your soul for some for that piece of shit. Oh, I she says she totally remember. bags on John Hughes for writing this movie. I vaguely remember. I forgot that. what the exact line was, but I always remember it. Yeah, because I, she was the she's the muse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, I haven't so. seen Dogman. Well, we will. It's been a while. All right. Well, what should we see what our next uh, holiday cover, movie we is? We covered all the numbers and everything already. Yeah, 18 million, 476, 65%. Okay. Culkin was paid a shit ton of money. So we're down to six movies now in our lineup, in our roster? I think so. Do, 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 do. I'll try to point my mic towards Google Home. I mean, towards the Google. Okay. Home. You did. <laughs> okay, you ready? Hey, hey, Google, pick a number from one to six. 
Here's a random number, six. Babes in Toyland. <laughs> Is that the one with the flower guy? Nope, that was with the Ed, Ed, Ed Wynn. Yeah, Ed Wynn. And Annette Futicello. Well, no, I mean... Then we were just talking about Babes in Toyland after. Uh, yeah, because we were Ed Gwynn, Ed Gwynn, Ed that goddamn Fred nerd okay. movie. All yeah, right. Babes in Toyland. Again, it, I think I've seen it half a time. This is one of those that was recorded from TV and I didn't, and the colors were not the same. <laughs> so when I saw the colors, I was like, oh my God, her dress is yellow. Ah, it oh used to be beige. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's yellow. Ugh. But yeah, this. Because it's another one of those where it's just a small portion that's Christmassy, but I consider it to be a Christmas it, movie. Was Babes in Toyland, was that a uh, play? Well, it was a movie from the, the movie? 30s with Stan and Laurel oh, and Hardy. What? So or, the original the, the original IP was a movie? I believe so. It didn't I exist guess as just... like a pre-existing play or musical or anything? It was to, a movie. I'd have to do research. Okay, we'll find out. But I know it was like from the 30s, but like Laurel and Hardy. Okay. And then this was 61, so. Hmm. But. Yeah, I want to know what Babes in Toyland comes from then. We'll find out next time. Cool. All right. All right. Till then, don't stay home alone. This is episode number 53. We didn't even make any fanfare about our 50th episode. No, because. I think we didn't it even remember Fantastic it was Beasts. <laughs> and I, was just, I don't remember it even being number fifty until I was editing. Oh, this is our. 50th. I had counted out a while ago. I, I remember you told me what it was going to be. Yeah, we'll do a celebration when we hit a hundred. Okay, we're gonna right. forget. Okay, it's gonna be something fucking dumb. <laughs> it's gonna be gun shy. <laughs> hey, that's good. Okay, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye, bye.